Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you to our eighth and final week of our series, Live Ready, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us with our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. So we're continuing in our Live Ready series. We're finishing up today. This is uh, week eight of our series, and we're excited to close it out. And we, if you notice, we've kind of been going pretty much one major theme for, for each week. But this week, there's actually two. And that's how we're going we're gonna to end this series. And I'm going to ask y'all to please stand as we're going to read God's holy word. And we're going to be looking at 1 Peter 5 this morning. 1 Peter 5. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter 5, please. Including you all online. Let's hear the word of the Lord. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility, toward one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever, Amen. Through silverness, a faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings. As does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. So this, um, that's the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And this morning, I'm going to preach a message um, entitled, Live Humble, Live Firm. Live Humble, Live Firm. I'm going to go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this time that we could gather together, that we could hear from you, Lord, that we could hear a word from you. No matter what anyone is going through, 
that's listening online, watching us online, or in the, in the presence here um, at Think Kingdom. I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you speak to them, um, that you speak to their hearts, you speak to their concerns, their fears, their anxieties, their worries, and know that we can cast our cares upon you, that we can give it to you, Lord, and that uh, I just pray that I can preach rightly, I can preach accurately, and that I can glorify Christ in the preaching of this word. I pray that Christ be glorified, and that's through his holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. This week, um, the words of a prayer really struck me. It struck me because of how closely it aligned to what uh, this week's preaching text was as we go through 1 Peter. And the words of this prayer were, in this time of spiritual warfare, we are comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open your eye, or open our eyes Give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise, our prayers sincere, and our hands to the sky, you will dis- diminish our fears. And in Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. And the words of this prayer were from the late DMX. And they struck me as whether you view him as a believer, or a secular prophet, you can't deny that in those words of his prayer, he understood we live in the middle of a supernatural world and that we have enemies. He also understood that even in the midst of spiritual warfare going on daily, we can often be okay with being a target in the middle for the devil to just attack. He also showed us in his prayer his humility to God and that our dependence on the Lord to stand firm is in how we fight fight the devil. The words of this album-ending prayer hit me as they relate so well to our text this morning. As we close out our series in 1 Peter, as we have learned to live ready, and we've been learning to live ready as we've want to remain faithful in difficult times and that we've learned that to, to live ready is a calling for us to first, we learn to, to live with hope. Pastor Antoine started us off in that and, and then it gave me an opportunity to preach to you all to, to live holy and what that means in relation to living ready. But then also we went through what it means to live as strangers, to live as servants, to live as family, to live righteously, and to live sober. And that brings us to what we're going to be talking about today, the final two lives. And our final call to live ready is to live humble and to live firm. Our final call to live ready is to live humble and to live firm. And Peter, Peter knocks us out the box when he tells us in, in verses 1 through 5 that To live humble really is to live as shepherd leaders. To live humble is to live as shepherd leaders. And Peter is finishing up this letter, and he didn't want to forget to talk to the elders, to talk to the people that were leading God's church in Asia Minor. And he didn't just do it in any old way. You see in verse 1 that he actually was really appealing to them. He wanted to appeal to them to let them know that 
I know it's a struggle to, to, to lead God's people through this persecution, but I'm on the struggle bus with you. There ain't no different in Rome. It's no different in Jerusalem. He wanted the people of God to understand, especially the elders, that I'm with you. I understand. But he also wanted to tell them that everything rises and falls with leadership. Everything rises and falls with leadership. So he had to address the elders. So in verses 2 and 3, Peter unpacks the brand of humble leadership that Jesus taught. And that he demonstrated. In verse 2 it reads, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willing as God would have you. Not out of greed for money, but eagerly. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So Peter is, is, is showing the elders that you can't lead God's people and be money hungry. All about trying to grab after what we would say today, grabbing the bag. It can't be also done out of compulsion. If, you don't, if you're not called to lead God's people, don't step up to that call. We're not trying to lead people to eldership that don't feel that they've been called by God. But then he also talked about how we can't lord over the people that are entrusted to you. And so many people get power hungry that they just, they all about being in power and being seen. But Peter lets them know that that shouldn't be the reward that you're hungering and lusting over. What you should be looking towards is that unfailing crown of glory, as he mentioned in verse four. And long story short, Peter knew how important it was for the church in Asia Minor to have shepherd leaders. And we can't call you as the elders at Think Kingdom to live ready if we're not living as elders who are humble and are shepherd leaders. So when I say the elders, I'm speaking of more than just Pastor Antoine, but I'm also speaking of Pastor Gary and Elder Bruce and Elder Nate and Elder Tony as well as myself, that we have a call from God to live humble as shepherd leaders. And that these, in these verses right here, these first, these first four verses, this shows you how you can be praying for your elders. Because the stick kingdom is going into a new season, a new season that's going to include, continue to include growth. We want you to be praying and, and hopeful that us as leaders, that we are walking with Christ, that we are walking faithfully with Christ, that you could be praying for that, and that our hearts are not being taken away for anything else but to love for the glory of Christ, that you should be praying also for our motivations, that we are motivated for the glory of God and the, and the preaching of the gospel in word and in deed, and that we are calling, we're calling you to that, you to that but that's not something that we are not calling ourselves, that we are clear about that. And that we also are not, not, not faced with switching based upon the culture and trying to follow the culture's values. That we don't want to take the approach of being a, a, a elders and CEOs, that we realize that we are sheep as well. 
that we are under the great shepherd as well, that we don't lose sight of that, that we don't follow the culture and the leadership styles of corporate America. And honestly, I'm under, I've been under a conviction for a while, and a couple other pastors and friends feel that same way. But the question of it is, is where are the shepherds? Where are the shepherds? We have so many churches that pastors just want to get up, get up on stage and want to perform and they want to preach and teach, but they don't want to shepherd. Y'all hear me? That there are so many churches that people are hurting and there's no shepherd to point them to the great shepherd. There's no one that's showing the compassion of Christ. That's showing his love and his mercy and caring and listening, listening to the hearts of the people. There are so many people that need that right now from their elders, that they need that from their pastors. That's not all about the show. It's not about that. God is calling us, especially now. And this ain't ain't nothing new. As I got a quote here from Charles Johnson who was a pastor at Broadway Tabernacle in New York City for a lot of years. And he said this in the 20th century. Shepherding is the work for which humanity is crying. If the church of Christ is to be saved, she must be born again into the glory of the shepherd idea. So you think about it. We live in an age which is anti-institution. It's anti-authority. Like, nobody can't tell me to do what, what they, nobody can't tell me what to do. Nobody can't tell me to submit to this institution. Most people don't even think the church needs to be relevant in the culture. So you think about it. You know, too many people live in about the 48 laws of power, and they just literally are, Christians and non-Christians are just suspicious of power in the church. Because, unfortunately, many elders have abused that power. There's so many people that, are, that won't come back to the Lord because they don't want to be around the church. Because they're dealing with so much church hurt because they've been under leaders who weren't shepherds. And family, on your end, I need, we, need, we need y'all to hold us accountable. Real talk. You need to hold your elders accountable. You need to ask and seek shepherding. Don't let that slide by. And don't put it all on Pastor Antoine either. You have other shepherds among this flock, of Christ's flock, that he is called to shepherd this church. And for us to do this faithfully, we need you to seek shepherding, to be, to, to be that, that controversial word, submissive to the elders of the kingdom, but to also hold us accountable. It's quiet in here. Y'all okay? Y'all okay? That's a little too... How we live together as family, it matters. Verse 5 tells us that, that we got to clothe ourselves with humility. And, And clothing ourselves with humility, the world is counterculture that right now. Where pride, where pride is the... Pride is always the system of the, the way the system of the world wants us to live, but it's even more, more toxic now, right? It doesn't want us to be meek and humble. It doesn't want us to care about people and love others. It just wants us to care about our own interest. 
and just forget about the little people, the marginalized. And, that's, and the thing about it, that feeds into our flesh. And we get all tripped up when we're following the vibe of the, of the flesh of the world, that we, we feed into that pride. We feed into that entitlement. I want it now. I want it now. And it, it's mine. Like, you can't tell me it's not mine. Like, I'm entitled to this. I have rights for this. That's what everybody's telling you. It's, it's nobody. And, 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 it's, and the worst part about it is when the church takes on the persona of the flesh in the world. That we are, are, are calling for this entitlement, that we deserve this. No, we deserve Christ. And that's it. That we can live humbly. And that the world is calling for us to follow Christ's example. And for us to live as shepherds. And, and, and Christ has told us how to live. Let's look at Mark 9, to 37. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. Because on the, on the way they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and a servant of all. He took a child, had him stand among them, and taking them in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does, um, whoever does not welcome me, um, does not welcome me, but also him who he sent. So if you follow, if you follow Christ, it is our call to be a shepherd leader, and to be a shepherd leader is to also be a servant leader, because we love, we show mercy, we care for people. We are, we are all up in the mix, and we are okay with that because that is our call. There's a show that used to come on um, that I used to love to check out called Undercover Boss. And Undercover Boss, it was many times you would see the owner or you would see, the, you'd see the, somebody from the executive class that they would go undercover, and they would seek to be with the working class of their company to see how the people were handling the day-to-day and seeing how that they could, many of them seeing how they could better care for their workers. And it was always to the surprise of the, of the bosses of like how much their workers really went through. But they could, they could empathize with them once that they were really one-on-one with them in the mix. And the thing about it, we have a Lord who came in the flesh. And re- there's a few reasons he came in the flesh. He came in the flesh to be obedient to the law that we could never fulfill. And to die death on a cross for, for our rebellion against God that, and our sins that we could never do. But also Christ came in the flesh so that he could sympathize with all of our weaknesses that we could have a great high priest who knew what it really meant to be human. And it's with, that, it's with that same knowledge that we have, that it's our call, that we have to shepherd others. Because Jesus and who he is and what he has done and does for us is that the chief shepherd shepherds us 
And that's a call for us in the body of Christ because we've been activated with spiritual gifts. If you are in this room with me right now or you are online, every single person who is in Christ has the presence of the Holy Spirit and you have gifts for the kingdom. You have gifts that need to be activated. Gifts that could be activated not just on a Sunday, that need to be activated every day of the week, that you're using these spiritual gifts in your workplaces, in the schools, in your neighborhoods, in your city. Like, you need to be using these gifts everywhere. Some of y'all may have apostolic gifts. Some of y'all may have prophetic gifts. Some of y'all may have evangelistic gifts. Some of y'all may have shepherding gifts. And some of y'all may have teaching gifts. And the reality of it is, is that when you hold back what what God has given you, he's going to hold you accountable for that. He's going, he gave you all of those talents. And And what is wrong with you that you decided to bury those talents that he has given you? He's given you those gifts, talents, and abilities. So don't be selfish. Don't be fearful. Because Christ walks with you. Just think about it. How would parenting look if we lived humble as shepherd leaders? Like, our kids are crying out. There's so much much going on right now. It has been going on for a while. We have to be humble as shepherds. Youth, how could your school culture be changed by your love, by your mercy, by your care and service of others? How could your schools look different? We have went through a major cultural crisis this last year and change, right? And many people we interact with on top of that are going through personal crises because of that major cultural crisis of the pandemic. So the, the question I have for us is, like, how are we looking to engage the brokenness of this past year as shepherd leaders where we live, where we work, and where we play? And how are we seeking to engage this in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods? That's a question that we seriously have to ask ourselves. And I want y'all to, to think about that this week. And I want you also to be praying to Christ, to use your gifts to shepherd others. Pray to the Holy Spirit to give you a better ear to hear the heart of others. It's like, it's always fascinating to me when somebody's on the keys and they just can play stuff from ear, that they could just put together melodies because they have that ear. Do you got that ear? to the Holy Spirit, that when, you, when someone's talking and you, and you hear their words, that you can hear the pain, that you can hear the suffering in their hearts, and that you can, that you can shepherd them and lead them to the chief shepherd. That's what you got to do. And, and Peter, he's unpacking more for us. He's not even telling us how to just live humble as shepherd leaders, but he's also telling us to live humble with firm dependence. So because of our sinful brokenness, the hardest, hardest thing for any of us in this part of life is to admit, honestly, I need for God and I need for others. Like, we so independent. There have been so many hit songs talking about being independent, right? Miss Independent, you know, an independent woman. Like, 
the reality of it is, is that we all need God. We're all dependent on God, and we all need others. We can't get around that. And in the context of suffering on top of that, Peter lets his audience know that placing all our cares to God is the only way to go. The only way to go. The reality of it is, family, is you're either going to live humble or be humbled. Let me hear y'all say that. Live humble. Come on, let's get that together. Live humble or be humbled. Thank you for the 10 of y'all that said that. (laughs) So, really, Peter is clear to remind his readers that they live in the midst of spiritual war in his final words. Like, are we really cognizant of that? Like, we just reading the scripture and just playing it off or not really thinking about it. He's literally telling them, yo, you're in a spiritual war. And how many times have we read through this letter that... He said, be sober-minded. What did, what did Pastor Antoine preach on last week? Be sober. Be sober, right? So don't be sleep. Don't be sleep here and don't be sleep out in the world. Be sober. Be watchful. Be alert. That is what he's telling us. So your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. We see that in verse 8. So the thing about it, right, is that a lot of times people live on two extremes. So I know you know these, I know you know folks like this, like whether in the church or not in the church, like they really downplay that Satan exists. They downplay that the devil is around. They're like, they don't even think about it. Or anytime something goes wrong in their life, they're like, man, it was, it was the flesh. They could be, they could be so super religious, like, man. That was the flesh. I got to beat it back. They're not even thinking about the devil and his works. Then you got the other stream, the other extreme where everybody like, that was the devil. The devil made me do it. It was the devil. It was the devil. So you got people on that other extreme. Like everything that happens, they're not trying to take accountability there. It may have been my flesh that made me rise up and want to lay hands on you. No, it was the devil. It was the devil. So the thing about it is that we have to realize, right, is that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that's always working. He don't go to sleep, right? And he wants to destroy us. He wants to keep you from participating in the advance of God's kingdom. He don't want the gospel to be planted in our neighborhoods afresh and be impacting our communities and changing things. He don't want that transformation. He wants that continued brokenness. He wants the ghetto to always be the ghetto. He wants the poor to always be the poor, right? He wants the marginalized to always be the marginalized. He wants people to continue to be voiceless. And Satan works like this. He works what? He works through temptation, right? He works through accusation. He works through opposition. Y'all, y'all remember, if y'all remember, if y'all remember when Nehemiah was trying to rebuild, right? Nehemiah always had that opposition to, to the rebuilding of the wall. Right. And then he also works through confusion. Right. You can say some words and you ever wonder how somebody else just totally misses what you said and thinks you said something else. Y'all, y'all had that experience before, right? Yeah. Right. Amen. Everybody's had that experience. Right. 
And, and sometimes it's just straight up domination. Like we see things that happen out in the world, all of these mass murders that we had this month. You, you're wondering like, what is really going on? And the fact is, is that Satan is always at work in people and in our society. He's always at work. He's busy. And Peter's words on how to fight our forever enemy, it also echoes the first letter of the, written in the New Testament, the, um, the epistle of James. So James makes it very clear and early to the church in Jerusalem. So James 4, 6 through 8. But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And for my note takers online or in here, I got, I got four true realities that you always got to remember. Every time you wake up, the first one, true reality one, we live life in two different worlds. There's a natural world and there's a supernatural world, and I'm missed at all times. And the, and the fact is, for us to live ready, we can't never forget this, right? We can't never forget that there's supernatural things going on around us, that there are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness who are, who are preying on your downfall. That's number one. True reality number two. Our world is fallen and cursed by sin, right? Adam and Eve, they just jacked us up. The disobedience of our first parents just got everything jacked up, right? The whole world's cursed by sin. Third true reality, the devil is a predator, and he's searching for victims. And y'all like to watch National Geographic? Anybody? Raise hand, maybe one, two. You ever see, uh, you ever see, you know, they love filming it, man. You, the, the predators. And they're always seeking to devour, right? I got, I, got, I got a little illustration later. But the fact is, if you ever seen a lion and you watched a lion, man, it ain't pretty. It is not pretty. True reality number four. We could only fight the devil by standing firm and drawing nearer to God as he is our dependence. I'm going to say this one again. True reality number four, we can only fight the devil by standing firm and drawing nearer to God as he is our dependence. So I'm going to illustrate this to you a little bit. So there was a little boy one day, and a bully was always harassing him. Every day he went to school, the bully would beat him up. And some of his friends were like literally telling him what to do. And it gave him a little different advice. They told him, the first thing they told him is like, yo, why don't you just try another route home? You know, maybe you could get home without getting beat up. But the bully found out about that route. And what did the bully do? The bully beat him up. Then another friend suggested that the little boy carry a stick. So little boy carried that stick. And when the, when the bully caught up to him, the bully took that stick away, and he beat him with it. Everything the boy tried to get rid of the bully, it did not work. And one day he was walking to school. He was just straight up terrified. And out jumped the bully with his fist clenched. He was getting ready to pounce on that boy. And the youngster beckoned to the bully. <laughs> Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. What's up? The bully couldn't believe this young man all of a sudden had some guts. He said, come on, bring it. Come on, you bully. I'll take you right now. What's up? 
aggravated, the bully started toward the boy, intending to, to give him, to pummel him, to give him a knuckle sandwich. And all of a sudden, out stepped the boy's father from outside the bush. He was 6'10", 275. And the bully looked up in shock like, uh, oh no, I'm good, I'm good. And the reality of it is, family, is, see, the closer, the closer you are to the father, the closer you are to your daddy. And more, and the more the bully called the devil will have to leave you alone. And if your daddy's staying home, it's because you don't want to be close to him. That you say you good. I don't need the scriptures. I don't need prayer. I don't need the church. I can just be on my own. I can do this on my lonely. You know what's going to happen? The devil's going to be weighing your tail out day in and day out. That's always what's going to happen. Anytime we think that we can live on our own, that we're not going to be dependent. Like, that's going to happen. And if you're here today or if you're online and the devil is weighing you out, you don't even realize it. Realize that you got to draw nearer to God. Yeah. Amen. We have to draw nearer to Christ. Christ, the fountain of living waters, is calling for you. He's calling you, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I got something for you. I, 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 know, that, I, know, that big, I know that big bully looks big, but my daddy's bigger. That is what he's calling us to. He's calling us to live humble with firm dependence because God has all dominion. He's calling us to live humble with firm dependence because God has all dominion. Our daddy has all power, all glory. And this illustration is just a reminder that there ain't nothing the devil could do against our God. But those four realities I mentioned, we got to embrace them as second nature if we're going to live ready. We have to live like the citizens of the kingdom, ready to face anything that comes our way. And if we're going to remain faithful in difficult times, we know that we're going to have to suffer. And the fact is, we're going to have to live humble and we're going to have to rest with the firm dependence on God's promises. And we see that in verse 10. The God of all grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after he suffered for a little while. Come on, y'all ready for me, church? Come on. Because he got up, we could go through the fire fighting for and advocating for the poor and the marginalized. Because he got up, we can face the smoke in the culture, knowing that God created all human beings in his image and he created them male and female. Because Jesus is Lord, we could go through the fire fighting and advocating for the unborn. Because Jesus is Lord, we can face the smoke of fighting for and advocating for the dignity of image bearers and the significance of their lives in relation to police brutality, immigration, reform, and domestic terrorism. We got to live humble. We got to live firm. Because we desire to be kingdom builders rather than just captive converts. Rather be kingdom builders 
rather than just captive converts. And I told you all about the animal kingdom. So lions, we got this roaring lion. And it's the reality that this, the devil is like that. And in the animal kingdom, the lion is, you know, he's, the, he's in charge, right? He's, he's at the top, right? But there are other predators who like the same things that, that the lion likes. And one of those other predators is called the hyena. Now, hyenas, they can't take on that lion one-on-one. They take on a lion one-on-one, it's a death sentence. Because all it takes is one paw and they, to, to just knock him out, and he's dead. But the reality of it is, is the hyenas understand that they got to travel in packs, that they have to be unified and they got to travel in unity. That's the only way that they know that they can defeat the lion, that they can attack him in a pack of 20 and we can take him down. And in a very similar way, that's the way it is with God's church. And when the people of God come together in prayer, and action and proclamation and love and in mercy, things can come down, walls can come down, those dividing walls of hostility. And that roaring lion won't continue to have his way in our society. And think kingdom. God's call for us is to be in unison like that pack of hyenas. He's calling us to be that prophetic witnessing community to the reality of the kingdom of God in the day that we live. That we can't be afraid to speak truth to power. That we can't be afraid to care for those who can't care for themselves. That things could be different if we just speak up and be about action. We've already started doing this with our block by block initiative, but God is calling us to something greater, right? He's given Pastor Antoine some incredible contacts and relationships. People see what this little church in Kannapolis is doing. They see it, they see it. And we have to be on mission, right? So we can't live ready if we're just too comfortable in the middle. We could get real comfortable in the middle, status quo, that we could just keep our faith, just personal, you know, just have a little private faith. Ain't, ain't gonna hurt nobody, right? When that kid in play flow. So the reality of it is, is that we gotta get out, out of our own way. We gotta get out of our own way. And we got to deny our flesh. Whatever is tripping us up and that's keeping us from living holy, whatever's tripping us up that's keeping us from living righteous, to living as family, whatever it is is tripping us up, all of these things that we talked about to live ready. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to Satan's devices and his lies. Wherever he's tripping us up, because something's going down. And we have to learn to engage the world with the gospel, the good news of Jesus and what he's doing right now. That he's bringing all things under his, under his footstool and that he's reigning. And we can't 
not be of the world and of his fallen culture, that we really have to understand and show the world that Jesus is Lord. And that was Pastor Ramon closing our Live Ready series, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times. Our final call is to live humble and live firm as we continue to live for Jesus. If you or someone you know is blessed by anything you hear on this podcast, and you feel led to give, go ahead and text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. If you are anywhere near the Charlotte or surrounding area, come by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, as well as Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, so much more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.